So, um, Brad and I took a little longer than I thought, but I wrote down a sentence that I thought we should take home. And it's a sentence that's really out of Revelation, the second chapter, the fourth and fifth verses. And it's a sentence that if I were a church and I were listening to some things like that, and I'm not a church, but I'm a part of one, and I've joined in with you guys, and I listen to things like, okay, it was a two-lane highway, and I love Mr. Royal. He comes up, and, and while we're worshiping, starts giving me these great stories of what God's done. And I'm, I would be sitting and thinking about this, like, Father, how do you want to use us because we become a six-lane thoroughfare? I'm wondering, God, um, how you want to illuminate yourself through us and what you want to do through us so that you can be made greatly known in our area because apparently you have felt free to ask us about our trust in you and to ask us about our faithfulness toward you because you have placed several hundred thousand people around us. And as I understand the idea of stewardship, it is far surpassing dollars. And in fact, that's probably the least passionate thing in my heart. And the most passionate thing in my heart would be, Oh Lord, you have put all of these people, all of this passion, all of these resources. You have called people out of here to Indonesian, Africa, and Haiti. You have called people out of here to this city to be missionaries in this city. God, what do you want to do with us? And what do the next three years hold? I, I can't, I, listen, I can't go 61 because I would freak out. I just want, I mean, what do the next three years hold? I mean, I started praying things last night that I think you could pray with me, and I don't have a three-year plan. I didn't even develop a year. I just thought, Father, you know, one of our hopes is to be a debt-free church in less than 10 years and have our, our buildings restored to a place of usability. I'm not worried about beauty. I'm just worried about functionality, that, that we are using them for the glory of God. Just in the next 10 years, everything is restored and not just restored, but used for the glory of God. And I started thinking about the numbers I was reading over the last 61 years and said, Lord, if you're going to do that in 10 years, why don't we give a million and a half or more away to missions in the next 10 years? Why don't we see more than 700 people saved in the next 10 years? If we're going to pray for restoration of, of a building, which is going to burn, if we're going to pray for a debt relief, which we will burn that note one day, praise God. If we're going to pray for that, why don't we just pray that, God, you would just do amazing things in hearts. So I, just, I, I don't have that as a here's your 10-year vision. This was last night praying, just kind of reading those numbers and things. I think, I think we're going to pray for this, and, and it's really 9.6 years now, 9.5, that we will be without doing anything differently at Debt Free Church. Just nothing different, so just progress with that. If that's your heart, God, what do we need to do? And I believe that we're in the heart of how we prepare for this and ask these questions because it's found in Revelation 2, 4 and 5. I mean, you could literally overlay us as a church at Ephesus right now and say they've had multiple ministry teams prepare. They've had a lot of people thinking about this. They are well organized. They are passionate about some things. But but here's my prayer. I was just reading or I was just worshiping to oceans is the name of that song we were just wrote. And it says, Spirit, lead us to trust you without borders. And this was like, okay, Lord, seriously? And, and here's where, I, 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 if we get to my ending, I would actually end with this story today. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. So, Spirit, lead me to be able to trust you with no borders in my heart, no 
preconceived ideas. Just God, borderless, you, your glang, your glory. God, lead me to that place so that, so that I am surrounded by a whole slew of people who are walking on water. Literally out of the boat, out of any comfort zone we have, so that we are literally walking on water, looking at the eyes of Jesus and saying, wherever, however, whatever you would call me to, the answer is already yes. And I don't believe that's where we are at this point, and that's okay for this point, but it's not okay for tomorrow, because I believe that we're learning what we do when we're not at that point in Revelation 2, 4, and 5. And I think that I just want to highlight a few things because I'm not, I'm not going to stand and speak for 40 minutes. Someone would like give me a wave at about 10 till. That would be awesome. I'll try to maybe wrap up then or not. But I just, I just really want to hear Revelation 2, 4, and 5. And I, I think that the reason that God has parked us here for a few weeks and, you know, I don't believe in, there's any serendipity going on in this room. I don't believe that there's any happenstance. He just keeps resting us in repentance. He just keeps resting us there. If you're walking through, if you're walking through fresh encounter with the four groups, one of those four, you understand that God is calling our church to repent of moments that we have not illuminated the bread of life. And we've either made our story bigger, some conflicts bigger. We've had, we've had, we've had broken, um, moments in this fellowship before, sexual sin in this fellowship before. And we've, we've made those bigger. And God is just simply looking and saying, was there a point? When you were walking in deeper fellowship with me? Was there a point when you believed bigger things than you're believing now? And if so, I invite you to return to that place. That's what repentance is. Returning to a foundational belief that 61 years ago, some people by faith left Franklin Street Church and came and parked some trees down here and said, some trees, some chairs down here with the trees. And, and they parked chairs and said, God, we believe you want us to light a lamp here. And I just believe that right now in 2014, he's sitting back among us and he might use a campaign. He might not, but he might use a campaign to say, it's really not about this campaign. It's about you and a lamp and me. And what you're going to do with this. And are you going to steward this well? And he says, look, if you are not stewarding well, you should ask this question. Have you forsaken your love that you had at first? This is Revelation 2.4. Remember how far you've fallen and repent and do the things you did at first. If you don't, this lampstand will be nice little illustration by the pastor. But the Lord says, if you're not about me, I'll just pull your influence out. He's not saying I'll cast you into hell. That's not this scripture. It's just simply saying there will be a people to go with Chronicles who will be sitting on the edge of their seats and who will be saying, God, use us. Father, we believe you. Lead us into the place of no borders. Lead us to be a people who walk on waters. And those people, some of them already have existed in Mandarin. And there will be many more because God has sent many down here. And I think the relevant question for us is, have we... Or will we, one is a past tense, a call to repentance, and one is a present tense, this moment, this group right now, will we be a people who will be a lampstand for the bread of the presence of the living God? That would be a moment when many of us should have said, please let it be Lord. Where we literally said, God, without borders, 
without preconceived ideas, without any other things. Simply, Father, when we see you walking on the turbulent waters of Mandarin, Florida, when we see you call us to the turbulent waters of one of the faraway nations, we will go without borders. The answer is already yes. Just use us, Lord. And he says, if your answer hasn't been yes, or you're not there, you should remember some things. You guys have know we've been here, but I just want to stay here. You should remember what it was like to, to walk in intimacy with me. You could consider this. Go back to the beginning point. Consider how beautiful it was. I sent a note to some friends. I had a little um, remembering moment this week. I sent a note to a couple of friends and just said, hey, um, Cynthia and Lydia and Susan are going to Haiti. Um, I, I just want you to know, because I know you love missions. It was the person we shared life with for 18 years. I mean, just a long time. She was on the flight with us to Germany. She, she, went, she led a mission to Central Asia. And we got closed out of that mission as all um, Americans were kicked all. Um, Europeans and North Americans were kicked out of that country several years ago. And, uh, but she led the way in just teaching teachers all over that nation. And as she taught teachers, there was a platform to teach Christ. I mean, it was just profound. So we wrote her and I love it. Her, her, she wrote back. She's moved to Texas in the time being and we've moved here. And she says, Gordon and I are so glad to partner with you in prayer. But then I love what she wrote next. I love to remember moments like this. I'm excited to share with you that I'm going with a team to Cairo. It's in Egypt. I think we all know that. I'm going to spend a week with the Zabaline people. The Zabaline has transferred the filth, the garbage people. They're in Cairo. I'm going in six weeks. God's given me an opportunity to go in at the beginning of a long-term partnership with a humanitarian organization that our church supports so that that can be a platform for Jesus. Our plans are to return annually, and I hope I get to do this for life. Please pray for us to be bold as we share in the middle of garbage, filth, and flies. And I love, I love just what she says. I want to show nothing but love and not recoil from the children or adults because of dirt or smell. Listen to this sentence. Pray that God will fill my senses with His aroma as we minister among these people. What that did for me is I read her email and she went on and typed some more stuff and it was neat. What it did for me is just brought me back to a point in my life when we were on the tip of the spear as a family and we were saying, God, we believe huge things about you. And then we, we ended up with another email this week with a friend who we shared life with for eight years in small group. And in that small group, we did a lot of neat things. You've met them. But she just starts talking to us and said, if you could have listened to us 10 years ago and what we plan to do in retirement and what we're doing now. Like Jerry, literally, the end it movement was this week. It was a, a highlight of the reality that there are more slaves in our day right now than at any other point in history. 27 million. And she was just writing and saying, our heart is that we go in and out of Swaziland for the next season of life, and, and maybe God's going to land us there forever. But Jerry has developed this huge heart. Jerry, when we met him, may have been a believer, probably not, has become passionate for the things of God. We had many crab boils together. It is sacred to have crab boils and Jesus together. We had many crab boys with Jerry. And she said, Jerry's heart is beating for the Nairobi border where sex trafficking is going on. And he wants to go spend his life there. And I'm just remembering, just sitting back going, holy God, I want to be surrounded by, and God's placed us here. So I'm looking at you and saying, I really want to be surrounded by people who are running hard after God toward heaven. 
And I want us to like 10 years from now to be writing each other letters and going, you won't believe what we were thinking then. But guess what God has done to capture our hearts today? And I just think he says, so, so Mark, I want you and Susan to go back and I'm going to give you those conversations because I want you to believe that I am just on the front end of moving toward the nations as I was when you were hanging out with Catherine and Jerry and when you were hanging out with, with all of those folks. When they were in the middle of that, I'm still moving just as powerfully. And so he just kind of invited us. I just wrote some things that, that I just want us to continuously repent of because when he says that, he says, remember so that now you can repent. And so you can turn and walk in another way. Remember, because there has been a point, hey, Brother Mark, there's been a point when you walked more intimately than you have now. There's been a point when you love me more than you love me right now. There's been a point when you believed that I would plant a church in a nation, in Asia, in every county, and you got in the middle of that. And I want you in the middle of me right now. And there's a point for every one of us, most likely, because revival is a constant in our lives. Revival being a restoration of our hearts toward God. We are a people who depart. If you were in Bible study, that is true of us. We cover up. We depart. We sin. We fall. And the Lord doesn't come and and punch us, although He does sometimes. He's not like me in the middle of a deep water, but He comes alongside of us and says, Would you like to come back to the place where we walked in deepest of intimacy? If so, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And it just looks, I mean, look, if I just wrote down some things, it's near. Was there a point that you, like me, have believed bigger things from God than you do now? And if yes, just repent. You're broken over that. Was there a point when you felt an intimacy with God that you're not feeling today? Repent. For the kingdom of God is near. Was there a point when God was using you in a prolific manner? And like I've heard from many church members when they said this, I'm going to hand it off to the next generation. Although I still have a pulse, I'm still breathing, and I am still on this planet. I am going to hand off because I am sitting down. I've done my part. And if that's you, repent. Because he has you on this earth for his purpose and his glory. And you need to begin to say to him, Father, I don't care how old I am. I care how great you are. And that's not preserved for the older folks. There are many my age who are distracted by a thousand things and yet not attracted to the one thing. Repent. The kingdom of God is near. Is there a conviction born in your soul and you've let it go? Did God ask you to let it go? If not, repent. The kingdom of God is near. Is there a mess in your life that you are covering up to go with this morning's Bible study? You have learned, I love the commentary my teacher said. You have actually no knowledge of how to sow, so you had to figure out how to sow fig leaves to start with and then actually cover yourself up and you're still hiding. And all the while Jesus is saying this is killing you. You know, that little secret sin mess, that stuff that bridges us from God. I just, I have great news for you. Jesus said it in Matthew 4th, chapter 17, verse, repent. For the kingdom of God is standing beside you, and he is love. And he is filled with oceans of grace. Return to your point of departure.
Is there a point when this fellowship chose to... This is a corporate question. Is there a point that this fellowship chose to settle for comfort rather than the gospel? Is there a point that we just literally said, I would rather do what I am comfortable with than live on the tip of the edge? I love um, the prayer this morning by Joel. God put us on the tip of the spear. Is there a point that we said we think we'll slide down the spear and ultimately the spear just fell to the ground? And we'll be willing as a church to say, God, we want to be on the front end. We, we want to be on the edge. And if not, I don't see any other place in the kingdom of God. He seemed to be on the edge. I don't see any other back end of the spear from one who spread his arms wide and dropped his blood for the sin of man. I don't see a backing off or slowing down or letting up. I see a king of glory who relentlessly pursued the glory of God and bridged the gap for us and calls the same for us. So will we just corporately say, Father, put us on the front end of what you want to do. And here's here's the part. We don't... We don't have borders. We're not asking you to put us on the front end and, by the way, fill in these three things to make sure we're okay. No, without borders, we trust you, Lord. Use us to speak into this, into this city, into the nations, for your glory. Put us out of our boat and on the water. Is there a point that we chose our traditions over what is clearly a movement of God? If you prefer traditions, you fit well with Pharisees. Jesus struggled with them, and they struggled with Jesus. They were actually callous in taking his life. And I believe that the Pharisees that dwell among us are callous in taking the life of Jesus as well, out of a church. And I would invite you to repent over what is a well-organized system. When Jesus has never created a system, he's created a movement. And it is His Spirit and His presence that moves in power. And until we see His fire move, we don't. But when it moves, we move. When His cloud moves, we move. No borders, just Christ. Repent. For the kingdom of God is near. I had a um, chance. I'll kind of end, you know, goofy. Not, not necessarily. I don't know how I'll end. We'll see. Um, but I went with the ships to the zoo yesterday. If, were you here last week for my corny joke? Okay, so if you weren't, the, the short version is they hired a gorilla because the gorilla died. They hired him. He got happy. He jumped around. Um, he was beside the lion. So the gorilla ended up going on the other side because he was so happy and all the people were coming to watch him. He's flipping around. He's actually a human in a gorilla suit. Got to get that part in to get the joke. And then he flips over, lands in the lion's den, starts screaming because, you know, he's really a human. And the, the lion walks up to him and says, um, hey, shut up before you get us both fired. You know, and it was funny. <laughs> so we're at the zoo yesterday, and this is what we saw. I thought this was awesome. Apparently, they're short on funds with the jaguars as well. And so um, that's my kids with the live jaguar <laughs> at the zoo. Okay, I'm as corny today as I was last week, but um, I got a kick out of that. Aren't they cute? I love this. I love this because right after he says, um, repent, he says, and do the things that you've done before. And I maybe want to end there because um, I think that Jesus is saying, look, guys, don't start doing things you've done before until you're sorry for where you are now. But once you're there... Let's, let's 
oh, it's gone. Let's, let's not put on costumes anymore. Let's not, let's not put on... I just thought, come on, preacher. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's not put on facades. Let's just, let's not do this. It's, it's not real, and it doesn't play out, you know. And, and as tickled as I am about that story, we do that. And, and I love, I love, I love the story. The whole time we've chronicled this idea of repentance with John, the 21st chapter, and Peter being restored, and Jesus literally looking at him and saying, I want you to get out of the water. I want you to do great things. I want you to live and move and have your being among me. And so, Peter, do the things you did before. And can you imagine? We've already done all their stories, so I won't redo that right now. Can you imagine all the things they talked about that Peter got to walk with Jesus? And then Jesus says to him, Peter, buckle up, because it's going to be better without me here. I'm about to ascend, and there is going to be a spirit that's going to fall. And here's what he said to Peter, and I I still today, understanding the New Testament, find this hard to believe. But he said, Peter, you're going to do greater things than I've done. Because I am going to put my spirit in you and I'm going to infuse you with my presence and there will be Christ in you, the hope of glory. You in God, you in Christ. I mean, it's going to be beautiful and powerful and you're going to do great things. So Peter, what I want you to do is what you've done before. I want you to have no borders. I want you to trust me. I want when, listen, 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 when all of the other 11 stay in the boat, I want you to do what you've done before. I want you to get out of the boat. I want you to walk on water. And listen, Peter, listen, church. Most people will stay in the boat. The Spirit lead us to trust without borders, to walk on the waters wherever the Lord may lead us. And he looked at Peter and said, so go back, Peter, and over and over and over and over again, I am going to call you to step out of the boat. And over and over and over again, you are going to take your eyes off of me for a moment, and yet you'll repent, and I will lift you up. But Peter, here's what I want you to do. Don't ever stop getting out of the boat. Don't ever stop getting out of the boat. Don't ever stop getting out of the boat. Don't border me. Don't fence me in. I am not a guy that can be fenced in. Let's walk on the waters together, Peter. And one day, one day he says in John 21, by the way, Peter, this will cost you. One day it will cost you so dramatically that you will walk by faith straight into the face of death and I will still be in that deep water and I will meet you and we'll walk together for eternity. So Peter, no borders in your life. Nothing that hinders you. Let's walk together for the glory of my name and do that by faith over and over and over and over again. And the kingdom of God will be made manifest among you. Spirit lead to a place without borders. To a trust in you that calls us on the waters. Listen, wherever you may lead. I believe for us to say yes to the Lord on that, it will require a return, a repentance, and a repeating of faith. And that is not a one-time thing. Salvation is restoration to the fullness of God intends. It is lifelong, as best I can tell through reading Scripture, old and new. 
So Spirit, lead us to a place without borders where your Spirit lingers, where your presence is, Lord. God, I, I, I just have no doubt. I don't have to wonder this. You are calling us to be a people who walk on waters wherever you may lead. I pray that that will be true of us. I pray that your presence moves powerfully among us. Father, I pray that you would speak even though the hour is late. You are not and we are not. We are timely for what you want to do in us in this moment. And so, Father, I pray that you will give us a presence in this moment, a reality of you, and a response to what you're drawing us toward. Jesus, I see you in the lively waters of your life, holding out your hand to us as a church and to each individual in this room. I wonder what we'll do with that. We're going to sing a song. of the oceans of God's grace.